Welcome to A Thousand Tiny Steps. I'm Barb Higgins, and in this podcast, I'll share personal stories of great joy and tragedy and the steps that brought me there. I have become adept at tracing them backward to find the origin of an event, good or bad, that has affected my life. I have gone from being on top of the world with Division I All-American success to being unable to get out of bed with the grief of losing a child and everything in between. I am painfully honest, which can make people uncomfortable, but discomfort brings growth and oftentimes tragedy brings joy. So tie, buckle, slip on, release up your shoes and join me as we begin our thousand tiny steps. Hey everybody, Barb Higgins here. Sitting in my living room on a hot, muggy day, my favorite kind of weather in the whole world, uh, recording episode 40 of A Thousand Tiny Steps. So this is pretty significant for me because I have a really hard time following through on things. I actually went to a workshop yesterday that was organized by my friend Lisa Somerville. It was amazing. And it was all this electronic stuff. I'll, I'll talk about it in a minute. I'm always, always, always so interested in learning new things. <laughs> anyway, as I jump all around here, episode 40 will close out season four. In these past nine or 10 episodes, I've really talked about what's different between parenting Jack and between parenting Gracie and Molly, or just in general, the differences in what's going on, culture and all that sort of stuff. So in closing out, I'm going to talk a lot about the sibling piece, how it's different and what I've noticed. In recording this, I'm just back from a quick trip to Florida to visit Gracie. These trips are getting a bit easier to navigate now, now that we've gone down there 8 million times with a baby. But Gracie is making great, great strides in her life. And she's at the age where, you know, she's 21. And this is when you're living on your own and figuring out who you are and pulling away from your family. It's also in Jack's life, he's at the age that Gracie was at when I decided she needed a sibling. So I have these conflicting things going on. So we fly down to Disney and I'll talk first about how different my siblings are now compared to Gracie and Molly. So with Molly and Gracie, Gracie and Molly, they connected really, really instantly. It took Gracie about four months to really adjust to Molly being around. She had a really hard time in the beginning. She was an only child and she was a very sort of emotionally needy child. She needed to be held a lot. She needed a lot of feedback. And now she suddenly had to share that. And it was hard for her. Her first actual sentence that had meaning was Molly down, Molly down. And she wanted me to put Molly down. You know, I never, ever didn't. I remember remember taking a little grief from my mom and Kenny a little bit, not a lot, but you don't have to put her down. She needs to get used to her carrying. No, I just wanted her to know that I understood what she said and I would do the best I could. Sometimes I sat down on the kitchen floor, put Molly next to me, picked up Gracie, you know, and my response was one mommy, two babies. And that was sort of the first year of Molly's life in navigating being a mother with two little, little babies, you know, two babies, two years old and a newborn. So I look back on those years now and, you know, it it all goes by so fast when you're swallowed up in the baby piece, it's hard to get discouraged and feel like, oh my God, my life is over. I don't do anything except clean up puke and poop, nurse and all this. Then it's over and you look back on it and it's like, where did it go? I can't believe it was as long ago as it was that I was nursing Gracie and Molly and they were at this, at the age that Jack is now. So down to Disney we go. And of course, anywhere we go, people assume that Kenny and I are the grandparents and that Gracie is the child and that Jack is Gracie's baby. And so when, when Gracie says, no, this is my baby brother, these are my, our parents, then, you know, there's the variety of responses, but that is, isn't even what's important anymore because we're getting used to all of that. What's important is that they're siblings. If Gracie and Molly were together now at Disney, they would be off doing their thing. They're siblings of the same age and they do all these things together and they're connected, so connected in so many ways. I just feel that everything they did would have been 
one half of the other and 100% of each. And so watching Gracie with Jack, I can step back and sort of observe because it's interesting to me. Of course, she's going to be a parental figure in some ways to him. She's old enough to be his mother. She nurtures him and cares for him. She changes his diaper. She plays in the pool. Oh, he loves her so much. The minute he sees her, he's just thrilled and, and big smiles and all. So her interactions with Jack are full of love, but it's a different kind of love. It's a much more nurturing, I have to take care of you. You're a baby kind of love. In some of the negative commentary in all of the, the news coverage that we've gotten for having Jack at our age, a lot of people have said, yeah, well, his sister's going to end up raising him. And Gracie knows first and foremost that the minute she hands him back, she's off the hook. He is not hers to raise. I will raise Jack. Kenny will raise Jack. Gracie will be a part of it, but she will be his big sister. So spending this time at Disney was interesting. She made all these little videos with him and all these little selfies and, you know, all of the things that kids do with their online social media and such, she did with Jack. And I love it. And I'm learning too. I, I made a reel <laughs> with all these little video things. I was very proud of myself. Of course, then it disappeared and I had to repost it. And I don't know what I did. Anyway, I digress. I have two children now. I had two children when Molly and Gracie were alive. Molly and Gracie were both alive. Gracie's still alive. But it's very, very different. I have two children who will grow up with completely different realities of what I'm like as a mother and what their life is like. I'm all sweaty because I'm back from CrossFit and Kenny's out driving around with Jack. So I have time so I can squeeze in a podcast recording. But I was driving home and I drove down Pine Street. And that's just a street in Concord where a lot of Gracie and Molly's friends lived in that neighborhood, you know, our school neighborhood. And I just, you know, they're all grown up and this neighborhood is completely different now. And it was such an integral part of our day-to-day -day life, you know, New Year's Day parties and, and running by people's homes and stopping to sit on the front porch. And, and then, you know, this is where Eli lived and this is where Alice lived. And, you know, this is where Papa C lived and, you know, all the different houses where all their friends lived growing up. And it's interesting to, to just look and see you know, it's all completely different now. Different families, some kids, some not kids. You know, it will be hard to say how it will be when Jack is that age. And will Jack go to Krista McAuliffe school? Because that is his neighborhood school. It will be interesting because he will be able to say his sister was in the first fourth grade class ever to be at that school. You know, she was there the year it opened. And by the time he gets there, it will have been open for several years. So these are things that go through my mind all the time. And, and I get these pangs of like panic and homesickness. Like I want to go back. I want Molly back so bad. And you know, it's May. This month is just difficult. So incorporating my panic-driven pleas to the universe for Molly to come back, for me to wake up and have it be 2003 and I can try this again. And then here I have Jack, who wouldn't exist if Molly had lived. So is there an either or? No, 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 no. There's just a both. I have to look at Jack as an unbelievable, positive piece of all we've gone through since losing Molly and, and all the different paths I could have taken in this loss. And, and here I am with a baby. It's overwhelming sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I think to myself, oh my God, I'm going to be 59. I could just be quote unquote free and wake up and do whatever I want. Well, I essentially can still wake up and do whatever I want. I just have to incorporate a baby into the mix. <laughs> I'm doing what I want now. I'm recording a podcast, but I'm, I'm fitting it into a schedule that allows for him. That's a big sort of piece of this reality with Jack is how different the sibling relationship is between Gracie and Jack. I know that there are times that Gracie is paralyzed by her grief over not having Molly. It does not go away. She is willing to ask for help. I think she probably shares a lot with people that I don't even know about. She has an incredible support system. We're down there visiting and we meet, every time we go, we meet more of her friends. And she has amazing, amazing friends. One in particular, a woman named Mo, I want to say a girl, but she's in her 20s. 
Mo is fantastic. She's from the Midwest. She's been at Disney for like a year now. She's actually heading off. She goes home in a few weeks. And she and Gracie have a wonderful friendship. And she came to dinner with us. And Jack loves her. In my little reel, there's a picture of them all dancing to the fireworks. I really love Mo. I feel that when Gracie meets people and incorporates friends, she meets the kindest, nicest people. And I just feel sometimes that Molly infuses herself in Gracie's search so that she finds good people. Then there's her little group. There's Kaylin, who's from New Hampshire, that Gracie knew. And she's leaving in June. And then there's Kaylee, who we met at the meet and greet when we brought Gracie down, who's also from New Hampshire. And she and Gracie have an amazing friendship. So I just look at these wonderful, amazing young women who are navigating a world that doesn't really truly, come on now, people, support women 100% at all. It's that whole, you know, equality mix. Like, you know, we still judge people and offer things to people based on things that matter nothing to what we're judging them for. So at any rate, I have this amazing love for Gracie and I'm proud of her. And then I look at Jack and how she is with Jack and she loves Jack and speaks so kindly to him and helps him to be strong and holds him accountable as you can hold a 14 month old accountable. But I look at how Jack responds to the people in her life that she loves. Jack responds amazingly well to the people that Gracie loves. And so I just feel that there's this incredible power in the universe that's love, which leads me to the next piece of my, of closing out this season and what's different. I felt like an older mother when I had Gracie and Molly. Most of my friends, I'm on the older end of my friends having kids. Like my friend Bridget, her two sons, one's graduating college, actually graduating grad school, and then the other's in college. My friend Karen, all of her kids are college or graduated. You know, Gracie would be finishing her junior year and Molly would be finishing her freshman year of college. I'm just a bit behind. Then I have a handful of friends whose kids are, the youngest are graduating. But I've always felt like all of my friends had had children first and I was an older mother. I remember in my childbirth group, Aaron's mother, Aaron Clordy's mother, Deb was in my group and Aaron and Gracie became really good friends. And then Eli's mother, Jenny was in my group and Eli's mother and I are similar age. We felt like the oldest two in the group were so old. Look at us having babies at almost 40. And, you know, now <laughs> that was 18 years ago for me. I'm 58. If I were in a childbirth group now, I would definitely be the oldest mother. <laughs> but I look back at that and I felt older and I, I looked at my body. I can remember, I look at pictures now of me nursing Gracie. And I remember feeling so unathletic and so fat. And, you know, I look at those pictures now and I'm like, what was I thinking? And I know that in 10 years, I'll look at pictures of me now at this age and feel the same way. Like, Barbara, why were you complaining? But I felt older. I remember how hard it was to work out after Gracie was born. And I gave birth when I got pregnant with Molly, I hadn't lost all the baby weight with Gracie. And I, you know, I just felt, I just felt huge all the time. And it took me a long time to lose the Molly weight. The whole time I nursed her, two and a half years Molly nursed. You carry weight when you nurse. I have this belly right now that I can't stand, but I have boobs full of milk that nurse Jack. I have to find that balance. And what I look like is far less important than Jack's health. And if I can nurse him, I love listening to him gulp, 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 gulp. Makes me feel like I'm doing a good job as a mother. The feeling old piece, I felt old at 38 and 40. And here I am 58, almost 59. Like when I think of 60, to me, that, that does sound old. And, you know, and Jack will be two <laughs> when I'm 60. Oh my goodness me. That's a similar thing that I'd sort of laugh at because I have, you know, 20 years between giving birth to Gracie and giving birth to Jack. Almost exactly 20 years, just under. You know, I look at my body now and my physical health, and I will say that I am much more attuned to things that will prevent disease in the future and that are designed to make me healthy. I have incredible genetics. Having said that, I do have macular degeneration in my family. I have bunions, which I just had my foot surgery, but I have incredible, people live a long time. And when I look at the health practices of the people that suffer some of these later illnesses, I am far healthier than any of them were in my diet, in my exercise, in my weight. I also have 
genetics on my biological father's side of the family that are phenomenal. When I look at the relatives I have on that side of the family compared to my relatives on my mother's side of the family, and there's a lot more energy and longevity and youthfulness as those people age. And I feel like I really do carry that side of my family genetically. Having said that, you know, I really, I really avoid my diet is incredibly healthy compared to the average American diet. So I'm focused on that. As I'm wrapping up this season, I'll talk a lot in the next season about this challenge I'm doing. It's called the 75 day hard. I looked at that and thought, well, this is just me setting myself up for failure. Not that I can't set a goal and reach it, but I know myself and I want to succeed. And I want to include Kenny in it because he's Jack's father and and he should be healthy as well. So today is May 22nd and it's sort of day one, but not really. Tomorrow will be the official day one of this challenge. And it involves sticking to a diet. And it doesn't tell you what diet to stick to. It just says to pick one. And so we essentially follow a single ingredient diet in our household, meaning we don't buy a lot of processed foods. We do have bread and we do have like crackers sometimes and rice cakes, things like this. But in general, we are a single ingredient family. So a very, very common dinner for us is rice, asparagus, and chicken. Last night we had shrimp, rice, and vegetables. So all sauteed together. Kenny learned from his mother how to make delicious sauces. And in a sauce can be more calories than the whole entire rest of the meal. So this will be change for us. Kenny's meals are very delicious because he's good at this sauce making, but we're going to eliminate the sauce. We'll do oil and vinegar and you know olive oil and we'll do garlic powder and things like this. You can season your food without, without calories and without a lot of fat and all that kind of stuff. So we sat down and sort of worked it out and the diet piece won't be difficult. The big piece for both of us will be the no alcohol. I have to say, as I've aged, as we've aged, we control the alcohol much better. Kenny and I were pretty heavy drinkers for a long time in the early days of Gracie and Molly. As I would get fit and unfit, and I've done all these different health challenges over the years, sometimes alcohol disappears and sometimes it's back. Obviously, when I was pregnant with Jack, I didn't drink. And then in nursing, I have to be very, very careful, drink when I'm not going to nurse and that sort of thing but we're going to eliminate the alcohol. The other piece is to exercise every day. And so the hard version has two 45-minute sessions a day. We have to be realistic in that we have a baby and a a really, really juggly schedule. And and so we're going to have two a day. And for Kenny, one can be walking Jack. He walked Jack every day when Jack was a baby. So as we get up in the morning, you know, he can can put Jack in the carriage and have his morning coffee as he takes a walk around the park. It could be a one-mile walk. The hard version of this challenge has a 45-minute session. You know, okay. A 20-minute walk first thing in the morning is going to count for us as exercise number one. We have to just develop the pattern and make ourselves do it. The afternoon one, we have plenty of stuff in our barn, but I also coach at a CrossFit gym. So Kenny and Jack, we can all three go down there either during a small class or when the gym is empty and Kenny and I can work out there and have a second workout of the day. That will be harder for Kenny than me. I thrive on working out and I can do every, anything I need to do to make it fit. Where Kenny is at physically, kitty transplant-wise and being 66, I have to remind myself that he's four years away from 70, which is incredibly <laughs> scary. Mowing our lawn is a two-hour procedure for him, and it's pouring with sweat and stopping for a break and drinking water and weed whacking. In my mind, that's an exercise session. That could be two 45-minute sessions. He could divide it up. The hard version has one of them having to be outside, and I completely agree with this, and I'll get into why I do in a minute. 75-day hard version has you drinking a gallon of water a day. Well, water consumption is tricky because you can overhydrate and it messes up your electrolytes. So we're going to go with a half your body weight in ounces. So right now I weigh 144. So that's 72 ounces of water a day for me. I'll have to make myself do that. It won't be difficult because I'm one like, okay, I need 12 ounces. I just guzzle it down. Kenny has a really hard time remembering to drink water. And it's just, that will be a challenge for him. And I'm putting it all out there because I just want people to know that all we ever see sometimes is how great the person looks at the end. Look at the before and after. We don't see all that goes into it. 
So he'll have to drink about 100 ounces a day. He's heavy right now. And then the final piece is spending time every day, either in self-reflection or meditation or reading a minimum of 10 pages from a book, like an inspiration book or a self-help book. I just read The Body Keeps the Score. So this would be an example of a book that you read from 10 pages a day to just help yourself grow. I spend a lot of time, all I read right now are these kinds of books. And it's primarily because of my blog and the podcast and all that I'm doing here. So that will be a big challenge for me. The meditating part. Again, I have something I'm leading into will be difficult. Back when Gracie and Molly were little, I had a very structured life. And so in my daily reflections and meditations, I've always, always said a morning prayer and I still do that. I, I said a noonday prayer. I don't remember sometimes to say it at noon anymore because my schedule is so off. I don't always know what time it is in my, in my new life. So sometimes I say the noonday prayer in the morning because I feel like it's better to say it than not say it. Now that I have this workout thing, maybe I'll, maybe I'll incorporate some of my praying into there. Kenny isn't a meditator or a prayer. And quite honestly, it would probably be good for him to get into doing it. Just self-reflection. And this is the religion piece. And I, Kenny is as agnostic as they come. He thinks he believes in God, but he's not sure. He knows he gets signs from Molly, but does that necessarily mean you have to believe in God? He definitely believes as an afterlife, but you know he just doesn't have a set sort of practice. As a member of the Baha'i faith, I've witnessed so many wonderful ways that people worship God and pray and the chants and the music and all that kind of stuff. It's incredible. And I do feel that that's an important part of my life that I didn't share with Gracie and Molly enough and that I hope to share it more with Jack. So that's the challenge. So it's May 23rd that we're officially starting and we're going to do a 40-day challenge. That brings us to July 2nd. And that weekend, we're heading to Arkansas to a wedding and I'm fingers crossed that it all works and we can actually go. This beautiful family that used to live next door to us, the Lures, they have three amazing daughters, Isla, Elise, and Kira. They all grew up here. So they were a big piece of my reality in all of my ups and downs as a teacher and a coach at Concord High School. And they are so utterly successful. Dan dedicated his life to the Navy. He's a career veteran, really, really went through a lot and gave up a lot for his country. Carla wins the prize for a single mom, stay at home. <laughs> raising those girls all by herself, watch her snow blow in the winter and take care of that big, beautiful house next to us. And then their daughter. So Isla is now an attorney and she's married to her high school sweetheart, who is a physician. Elise is in the military. She of the three, all of them were focused and all. And she was the one that overthought everything. When I look back, should I do this or should I do this? Which one, which one? She's such a tender, tender girl and probably mentally as tough as nails. She went to Ole Miss and had a wonderful time in college and really allowed herself to run track and enjoy the college experience. And she studied Arabic and is in the Navy now. And she flies things. <laughs> she's amazing. And then Kira is the youngest and she's an architect. And they all sort of knew what they wanted and they went for it and they got it. And this is a family that throws a Southern wedding. I'll tell you right now, the, the pictures of their weddings are phenomenal. So they've invited us to every one. And I just, that's big in my heart. And so they, they invited all four of us. They invited little Jack. I really want to go because I really just want to see this youngest girl get married. When we first moved in here, I was pregnant with Gracie and we were in the kitchen and the window was open and I could see out. And the, the little girls, they had lemonade stands. They were always out and about. And I saw Kira. I had a crown on and she looked in and, and I said, hi. And I waved at her and she looked at me and she said, are you a princess? And I went, shh, yes, I am. Don't tell anybody. And for a couple of years, a little six-year-old or seven-year-old Kira and I had this secret that I was a princess. It was amazing. So cute. So now they're all grown up and getting married and living their lives and doing amazing things. And this, this makes me happy. Kenny and I decided that from now until then, till the wedding, we will follow this challenge. So it's a bit, it's a bit shorter. It's like a 40 day duration. So I like the number 40. It symbolizes Jesus's 40 days going off into the woods and being by himself. And so it's Lent. Every religion has a fast 
the Muslims have Ramadan and then the Baha'i faith has the fast, which is during our month of March, it's a 21 day fast. In these religious experiences, Lent was a fast. So you don't eat from sunrise to sunset. That's what a, what a religious fast is. So once the sun's down, you can have big dinner, get up really early to big breakfast. But during daylight hours, you don't, you don't eat. And it's just taking time to step away from physical desires and using prayer or meditation or fortitude or self, self-strength or discipline, whatever you want to call it, to overcome your urge for lunch or whatever it is. So I like looking at this challenge for Kenny and myself as a 40-day exercise in fortitude. It's not about losing the weight. It's not about any of those things. It's about setting a goal that you know is good for you and following through on it. And I really, really like that. So I've looked up some prayers that I'm going to say during this 40-day period. Kenny isn't the praying type, so I'm not sure what will work for him. But he has to figure that out. And this is what we do. We set a goal that you really want to reach and you go for it. So when we get out of that wedding, hopefully we'll just feel good and we'll be thinner and fitter. And then we can enjoy our wedding, you know, break our little thing and then set the new challenge. What do we do next? What I don't want to do is fall back into our typical pattern of, you know, I call us cocktail hour drinkers sometimes. Like, okay, it's five o'clock. We can have a drink now. Well, how about we don't need to have a drink every day at five? How about that isn't what comes to mind? So these are things that I share because I think a lot of us struggle with these very same things. For some people, it's food. For some people, it's not eating or eating, whatever it is. We all have these. Gracie and Jack, how is my life as a mother different? So the taking care of myself is another big piece of it. I took good care of myself with Gracie and Molly. They watched my CrossFit transformation. They watched all the eating changes I make. No more Diet Coke and salt and vinegar chips and honey buns. And I ate that stuff a lot and it disappeared from our life. And, and they saw all that. I did spiritual mentoring with Karen Kenny. So I've done that. And so I've signed up for this group thing. It's for female entrepreneurs and we meet once a week. And then I meet with Lisa once a week. That's really getting in the way of you reaching your goals. And I signed up for it. Not that I need one more class in my life, but I have this amazing podcast editor and he helped me set goals. And I just, I don't even remember what they are and I don't follow through on them. I've been with Lisa now for about a month, three weeks maybe. And she organized this amazing breakfast for us yesterday with her friend, Lisa, at a place called Ness Health. And so what this was, was you do an electromagnetic scan. You put your hand on like a pad, like a mouse pad, and it scans the frequencies in your body. And what comes up is areas of your body and things that are in need of balance or are, you know, way off balance or way in balance. It was amazing. And so in looking at a mental list of things that bother me, my mouth hurts sometimes. I'm angry a lot. I did a Facebook live yesterday. I'm just angry so much. And it's not okay for me to be angry. I have to stop being angry. You know, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to not be angry. Anyway, I made a list. So I put my hand on the scan and no one saw the list. And all of the things that I'm struggling with in my life came up as weaknesses in my body. So net health, it's infoceutical. So what it is, it's homeopathic. And you look at the frequencies in your body and what frequencies are working and what aren't. It talks about chakras. And so if, you, if you're into meditation or yoga, you know that we have all these different chakras. And believe it or not, all my chakras are in balance. <laughs> but to be that way, a lot of the rest of me isn't in balance. The woman's name is Lisa Keegan, and, and she's in Salisbury, Massachusetts, and she's a bioenergetic practitioner. I learned so much from that yesterday, so much, unbelievable amount of help and things that I can do for myself that don't involve $9 million worth of eating this way and giving up this. You, you know, pour the homeopathic remedy in water and you drink it. So yes, there'll be some cost there, but really I, I have nothing to lose in trying this. And it's also just a mindset and a way of thinking and a way of living your life. And so it gives you all these suggestions. I have a big suggestion for me is the... <laughs> the slow down suggestion, because a lot of my frenetic energy gets in the way of me being well-balanced. 
So I'm going to give this a try. This is something I've never done. And maybe it's one more thing I'm running to. But in the conversation with this woman, Lisa, she was talking about working with kids that have ADHD and how difficult learning is for them. And in the airplane flying home, I made a comment. There's this little boy behind me who could not stop talking. Blah, 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 blah. And his grandmother apologized. I'm like, no, 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 he's like a nine-year-old boy who won't shut up. It's my favorite kind of kid. She was talking about her experience with teaching kids like this and that when she would address issues, play certain types of music that had a frequency to it, let them sit on a tea stool, let them move around while they learned, let them sing. I remember years ago, I had a student named Chad who really couldn't read. He had a hard time, hard time learning. And his particular class, I had them stand on the tables and then we would sing and we would read the lyrics to songs as we sang, and they had no trouble reading the lyrics. They could have never heard sang the song before, but the tune would be repetitive, so they knew the tune, or it was a tune they knew, and I could put their words to it, and they would read. So I got a phone call from Chad's mother, like, okay, he's standing on his dresser reading really loud. What is this? Well, it was all that vestibular stimulation and and meeting the frequencies, and so that their body could accept the input and the output was reading. So I'm listening to her talk about all these things that I used to do, and I'm just like how did I end up here? You know, the universe is funny. How did I even find Lisa? She appeared on a suggested friends thing on Facebook. You should friend her. You have similar friends. And we do, we have like 15 mutual friends that all come from these little self-help group type things. So I had this amazing day. It was like five hours I spent listening and learning and comparing and meeting other amazing women. So how am I a different mother to Jack and Gracie versus Jack and Molly? I'm actually probably in most ways the very same mother. I want to be healthy. I want to be well. I want them to have a spiritual infusion in their life. I do not have a predisposition on what religion they choose. If they choose a religion at all, it has to come from your heart. They have to decide. And so they will learn about everything. They, meaning Gracie will continue to learn and Jack will learn. I will also end saying, as I'm winding this up, saying that day-to-day life for me is as frenetic as ever, but I do feel that Kenny and I, in our recent communications around how we find balance, are finally getting to a point where we really can put together a life where he can do what he needs to do and I can do what I need to do. We can both grow as people separately, even though we're here together in this house. And that's the only way we're going to find any sort of peace to get over all of the trauma of the loss of Molly and all that was going on in our lives when that happened. We still have a lot of anger. And when we're not angry and we go back and talk about the arguments, we realize that we still hold a lot of anger for things that happened 10 years ago. And we can't ever, ever undo all that. We have to process it through. Anger showed up. Anger was a huge thing. Oh my God, it was like my top thing of of electromagnetically speaking, what's getting in my way. Another thing I always did with Molly and Gracie is I never ever had them wear shoes and Jack doesn't wear shoes either and they get dirty feet. But touching, we we have so much energy that's available to us from the earth. And so I spent so many years living in a city where you, you never get to have be barefoot on the ground and spending 15 or 20 minutes a day with your feet touching the ground, whether it's sand at the beach, whether it's grass at a park, whatever it is, it's called grounding. We're foolish to think we are separate from the earth just because we've created ways to be separate from the earth. One of the things I was really off balance on was affected by flying. The day before I went to this workshop, I had flown home from Florida. So I look at these things and I think, okay, this can't be just coincidental. There has to be some health issues here that are, that are big. I'm taking a leap and I'm going to look into it. So I just really, really, all of this information will be in the show notes here. If you're interested in this sort of thing, I'll tell you right now, This woman, Lisa, is knowledgeable and expresses herself well. And I just came away from there feeling like I had been led to something I really was supposed to get a whole handle on. You know, you can use the little homeopathic remedies. You know, you put the drops in the water and you drink it. You don't have to go on a diet. You don't have to exercise. You just do this. And what it does is it balances your body electrically. 
when you think of how our heart works, I remember watching Molly when she was plugged in. So much of life is electric. I can't talk. You know, our heart beats all by itself. Molly was unplugged completely and the little heart keeps beating because it is its own electric energy, electromagnetic thing. And it has a charge and it beats. And, and when we take electrolytes, okay, those exist in everything that we drink. Electrolyte balance is important. The beginning of that word is electric. And this therapy addresses imbalances that we have that way. Music has a certain electromagnetic effect to it. And I remember Gracie and Molly both love music and all that time in dance. I remember when they wanted to quit dance. I said, that's fine, but you have to stay playing an instrument or singing in chorus. You need music in your life every day because music is how you heal and it's how you feel happiness. I look at Jack in certain songs he'll respond to, like he'll listen or whatever. And then something comes on and he stops and he just completely moves to that particular music. It's not that he likes the Almond Brothers more than he likes Bruce Springsteen. It's that particular tone of that song connects to him somehow when he dances to it. He also does dance to Bruce, I have to say. So at any rate, this is my next challenge. And so in my next season, which I haven't really worked out, you're going to hear that by the time this comes up. I will have already recorded next week's podcast episode by then, but I still haven't quite wrapped my head around how that's going to be. So in ending season four, I want to give a huge shout out as always to my podcast editor, to my new web design person, Judy, to my old web design person, Marshall, and to these new people in my life, Lisa and, well, the two Lisas, Lisa Squared, for opening up a whole new way of thinking for me that I really truly feel has already begun to be helpful. The last thing I'll say in specific relation to Gracie and Molly versus Gracie and Jack it's in looking at Jack, he's 14 months old. Gracie was 14 months old when I really, really felt strongly that I wanted another baby. So what do I do now at age 58? Do I go back to my doctor and have another baby? Do I look into adopting a baby? Do I look into fostering a baby? I don't know. I don't know what to do. I do know that the urge is powerful and I have to step back <laughs> and really, really look at where this is coming from, just like I did with the dreams of having Jack in the first place. So I don't know. I don't know what the future will bring. And I don't, I don't know who Jack's age-related siblings or cousins or people in his life will be. But I do know that I want him very much to have a connection of people his age or younger that are his. And so I don't know what that means. <laughs> Talk about leaving you on the edge here. So it's a hot, muggy day in May, the happiest ever. I'm looking out the window and I just saw Kenny's car drive away, which means he came home with the sleeping jack and here I am recording a podcast. But that's how it gets done. Be good to yourself. I worked out this morning at the CrossFit gym and there was a mom there, a single mom, and she was feeling all bad because she sort of told her kids that she was going to work early. And so she came in with her work clothes on, but she needed a workout. And I just looked at her and I said, your oxygen first, sweetie. You have to put your oxygen on first. I couldn't work out at all like I wanted to with this boot and my foot thing. And I have not been, I have not been okay. So I do rely on it. So I had this amazing workout this morning. I did the bear complex, which is cleans and sprint squats and push presses and back squats. I mean, only 35 pounds, but that's okay. I did it. And so it was a workout that made me feel good. I have my oxygen now and I'm doing this podcast, which is also oxygen to me. And I know I talk really fast, so I'm sorry. No one needs to speed up my podcast. <laughs> it's fast enough. I've been good to myself. Be good to yourself. Do something good for yourself today. If you haven't done something good for yourself today, when you're done listening to this, go do it. And if this is what you're doing for yourself, thank you and I love you. As always, I will end my podcast in honor of good old Bill Hobrick when he used to do the morning announcements at Concord High School back in the day, he would always end by saying, have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening and for supporting A Thousand Tiny Steps. I hope you enjoyed the episode and will continue to listen. Feel free to leave a review and share my stories with your friends. 
Also, please reach out if you have stories to share. I love hearing from and connecting with my listeners. If you would like to know what I'll be talking about down the road, you can find me on Instagram at barb underscore 444, on Facebook as Barb Higgins, and at my website, www.1000tinysteps.com.